0: All right, everybody, welcome to another week's podcast. This is Candice Adewale of The Loving You Lifestyle, and I'm here with my wonderful friend, Fatih Farasha. She's also team um, teacher with me and co-founder of The Wife Lifestyle, which we uh, co-created together. We are here today to talk about women empowering their daughters, regarding their sexual choices and behaviors. It's a topic that I feel very passionately about. Uh, I feel very strongly about this, this topic because when I think of the topic of sex education and how it relates to women, I think of all the things my mother did not talk to me about regarding sex love, dating, any of those things. I personally grew up in a very religious household, a, a religious Christian home, meaning uh, we attended uh, church services weekly, and we had weekly Bible studies. Like that was not going to be missed in our home. Um, I was a youth leader in the church. A lot of people find that so <laughs> hard to believe. I don't know. <laughs> but yes, I was extremely active as a youth in my church um a youth group leader and very active in all the church activities a matter of fact my mom really would not let me participate in activities outside of church so like a socializing with my peers at school friends at school that was just like a no-go going to parties and all those things i was not permitted to do and my mother my mother was actually a virgin until she Got married. She was a virgin until she was married, and so she had a lot of strong religious convictions when it came to abstaining from sex until marriage. And when it came to the topic of sex, my mother did teach me about reproduction, about menstruation, sexual organs, inappropriate touching, and but when it came down to my personal sex life or me becoming sexually active the only thing that i was ever told was that you know the bible says not to fornicate and that you shouldn't be having sex until you're married so you know my mom was like why do we need to even discuss this even any further and it's kind of funny Fatima, because i remember at church we were having like a youth group discussion and the topic of sex actually came up and someone asked the question how far can you go sexually and still be within biblical guidelines (laughs) so (laughs) the the pastor said kissing was okay and touching was okay as long as your clothes were still on This was a, this was a pastor. This was a pastor that I <laughs> to a bunch of of teenagers coming into their sexual feelings. So for for me there was like no guidance um when it came to to sex there was no guidance and for me I grew up without my father. So when it came to dating and and navigating men and boys I had no input from any men in, in, in my life growing up. And, you know, during my formative years, I didn't have any, any um, masculine protection when I started dating. And so I found myself in a place where by my senior year of high school, I was pregnant. I became sexually active during my senior year. I had went to go get birth control. I actually went to go get birth control myself without my mom's knowledge or consent, because I just felt like I couldn't talk to her about it, but I didn't want to be a statistic and ended up becoming a statistic anyways. um, Because I had gotten off of birth control because I had broken up with uh, my boyfriend and then we got back together early on in my senior year during Christmas break. And that's when I ended up getting pregnant. So when, you know, now that I have a daughter, there's so much that I realized I wanted to teach her regarding that subject to save her so much pain and suffering and just to really empower her. Absolutely. yeah and i'll let you chime in <laughs> um,
1: i am i i completely understand exactly right. where you come from i also want to say that this is not to be pro or anti-birth control this is not about hey as soon as your daughter gets to childbearing age as soon as her cycle starts go and throw her on birth control this is about being aware of the fact that your daughter is going to have sexual urge she's going to have desire she's going to have she is a mini you And she's going to have the same urges and desires and especially while she's a virgin, she's going to wonder about her first She's going to start vetting boys that are around her if that is who she wants her first time to be with. She is going to start feeling the 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 sexual desire when she gets around certain boys that she likes like okay is this the boy that I want to be with for my these are gonna these are things that are going to go through her head you have to be able to accept that our little babies they grow up (laughs) they grow up and they're growing into womanhood and my experience is kind of similar as far as the sex education in our home. My mother definitely talked to me about sex, but because it wasn't comfortable for her, because she could not get to a comfortable place to see that her little baby, her little sweet baby had grown up and is now a young woman with a developed body that's attracting little boys to her. She could not come to a comfortable place to truly talk to me about sex in a way where I could understand it. It was very clinical, almost like being in a sex education class, like this is a penis and this is a vagina. And then when the penis goes into the (laughs) vagina, it can can create a baby. And I'm like, (laughs) 12 years old. And I'm like, what? (laughs) <laughs> it made sense logically but i i couldn't connect with there was no emotion there was it 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 negated all of the natural feelings that i was feeling as a female as a woman what about all of these urges that i'm having what about my attraction to boys how can i if i do because this is what happens a lot of times when girls are young, especially when they get into high school, they sneak into spaces and places with boys. It happens.
0: Yeah. yeah it happens yeah, it does.
1: in the school bathroom. It happens in the locker room. It happens behind the school. It doesn't have to be off the school. Girl, it happens
0: at it happens at the church.
1: Yes. <laughs> exactly. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm witness. not gonna let her go visit this boy at his house, honey. It could happen anywhere. These are kids. First of all, they weigh about a hundred pounds. They can fit anywhere. Okay.
0: <laughs> so right.
1: It was no emotional, physical connection to say, okay, if I'm ever in a tight position, meaning that if I have this strong, urgent desire and I feel like this boy really likes me or better yet, when you're young and naive, you feel like he loves you (laughs) right? (laughs) and you get into this tight situation where he's telling you all of the right things your natural chemistry and feelings as a young woman that are underdeveloped and you can't understand them and you're not exactly sure what to do in most cases young ladies go ahead and lose their virginity to those types of situations and the thing is they are usually unprepared usually Correct. because yeah. yeah the parents the mother or the father or the parents together depending on what the household situation is did not prepare them they may have even they may they like, like a lot of parents think that preparing your child is saying don't do it don't do it don't do it until right. you're married they are virgin until you're married but most cases that that voice does not supersede when they get into that tight situation with a boy that they feel like they are head over heels for. Your voice is not right. going to be the strongest, however, and this is what this is what I wanted to piggyback with you about my daughter. I wanted to make sure that her and i were able to have an open line of communication what i didn't want to do is do to her what my mother did which would make me feel awkward so although we don't have like a friend relationship it's still mother and daughter i still just was very open and honest and real about the entire gamut of womanhood where it comes to not just the actual deed of sex, but all of the emotions that come before you get to that point. How right. to tell that you may even possibly lose your virginity to a boy and thinking about what you're doing. Like, once you lose that, that's it. You'll never be able to get it back. So, right. even if you do choose to lose your virginity, make sure that. It's meaningful, that it's special, that it's something that you want, something you're not being pressured into. Um, make sure that you are completely comfortable with the entire situation. I'm hoping that you don't, but if you do, I still need you to think with your highest self-worth, your highest yes. self-regard. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Yeah. And, and you know,
0: something that we said that, Um, It made me think about my own sexual experience, um, experiences in life. And for me, I I cannot honestly say that there has ever been a time where I have had a sexual experience where I did not feel pressured to do so. Right. It was, I've never had a sexual experience where I said to myself, you know what, I am 100% ready to... Have, have a sexual relationship with this man. I feel no guilt. I feel no shame about this. And, and and this feels like the right thing to do. And that level of empowerment, I think, is very important. And, you know, I, I want people who are listening to this podcast to understand this is this is way deeper than just deciding whether or not to give your daughter birth control or not. But this is empowering her with the knowledge that she is a valuable woman, that her womb space is valuable, that who she is is valuable. And while I personally teach my daughter that it is best to wait until you are either engaged or married to start a sexual relationship with a man for a variety of reasons, I, I don't ever wanna be naive enough to think that that possibly, you know, w- won't happen. You know, that, that that's, there's a possibility that she may not listen to my advice. And I, I think that's where like my mom kind of went wrong because now that I'm older, we kind of talk about those those things. And, you know, for her, she would always say, well, you know, I waited until I was married to have sex. And so I just assumed that you would. And I think that's one of the great mistakes that a lot of moms who are deeply rooted in their, their faith, their you know, their faith traditions make. They believe that because they are so convicted yes. about their beliefs and they're teaching all these beautiful things to their kids, that their kids are going to be equally as convicted and the honest for god truth is is that you have so much to come up against as a parent i mean you have the peers at school nowadays i can't even imagine raising a teenager in an environment where they have cell phones all their friends have cell phones they have access to pornography free pornography um they are much more knowledgeable about this subject than we were. And so, you know, you have your, your, the kids at school, you're having these hormonal changes. There's a lot of things going on and, and you can't make that mistake and think, oh, well, my kid will never do that. You know, I, you know, so I think giving them the, at least the information that they need to yep. to make a wise decision in the end is, is critical. Um,
1: I, wanna, I wanna add something to that because like your mother, she waited until she was married to lose her virginity. Yes. However, in most cases in the world that we live in, that is not most of our mother's experience. But what happens is, by the time you become the mother of a teenager, see, when you're a, when you're a mother and your children are very, very young, your teenage years are probably not that far away from you. You know, most, most women, I guess, would have children by the time you're about 25 now, 26. So less than 10 years ago, you were a teenager yourself. So you remember these things that you went through. But by the time that your children are teenagers, many women forget and disconnect and detach from who they were when they were 14, when they were 15, when they were 16 and 17. They forget the peer pressure that they were under. They forget the emotions that they were feeling. They forget about that boy that they fell in love with and wanted so bad. They forget about feeling like this boy was the ultimate everything and they wanted to be with them forever. they decided that at 15 and 16, they forget about all of these scenarios because now they are so far removed from that age group. And so now they have these new convictions. Like you talked about the conviction that your mother had at a young age because she waited until she was married to lose her virginity. But then we have the mothers that have the, mature, the developed convictions through maturity, through age. And now they have these new convictions and and leases on life that they are putting on their 12, 13, 14 year old daughter that their girl has not developed yet. So one of the keys that helped me was again not just communicating with her and keeping things very open and honest but I had to pay attention so your daughter at 12 years old may be my daughter at 16 your daughter at 16 may have been my daughter at 12 every child every person develops and and matures at their own speed so when my daughter got about between like fifteen and sixteen, and I'm paying attention, I saw the attraction for boys change. It went from an innocent attraction, which I any any parent can handle. That innocent attraction, where you oh you want to hold hands, <laughs> you right. want a little chat on the phone here and there. And that's very comfortable. But if you're really, really paying attention to your daughter, then you can see that change. And I saw the change. I saw the change go from being innocent to, wait a minute, she's literally physically attracted to him and I can almost feel and see that she's considering having a sexual experience relationship with this boy. If I ask her, she she might deny it. She might be honest about it. I'm not sure. But what I am not going to do is stand by and see the shift in my daughter and allow her to make a decision where she robs her youth right of all of the experiences that she can have as a young woman before becoming a mother because i wanted to remain in denial because i as a mother wanted to ignore that she's having these feelings and then she gets into that tight situation with this boy that she likes he's probably already considered um losing her virginity to him and then she comes home and says ma i have something to tell you right (laughs) i'm pregnant right that is the conversation that i was not ready to have and as a mother that was the situation that i didn't want to see her rob her youth her youth where she can finish college without worrying about the responsibility of motherhood where she can travel where she wanted to and just experience life as a young adult without immediately having these heavy responsibilities of having to take care of somebody else so I did go and get her on birth control pills because I wanted her to experience life without that responsibility so early I know all of the side effects of birth control. I don't need an education on it. I understand what could happen. However, I was willing and still am willing to take those side effect risks for my daughter to not be somebody's baby mama right not be a because and the reason why i say baby mama because in more cases than not when a child has a child that boy he's still a kid himself how is he going to be responsible as a provider and protector and husband if he's only 17 18 19 years old so that means that she's going to be a baby mama i'm going to be the actual second mother, and our family is going to have the burden of having to raise this child simply because I ignored what I saw. And I'm not saying that children are a burden. I'm not saying that, you know, a new life is a burden. Absolutely not. I have four children, so I would, I love children, but I just didn't want that for, for her life so early. I want her to find out who she was and I wanted her to explore life and see what she even wanted in a man before she instantly decided that she's going to become a mother before she's even a woman completely
0: yes and to add to that I mean the honest for god truth is is that having a, a child that young while you're developing is difficult and I say that from from personal experience and I'm not going to sugarcoat it for anybody it's very difficult the second that i realized i made the decision that i was going to not terminate the pregnancy i realized all the life choices my i i it's just like i'm like oh my god like i'm not going to be able to do a b c d e f g like those options for me are now gone and also to add to what you said is, you, you, your marriage, uh, your marriage pool. Being a young single mother shrinks your marriage pool. The kinds kinds of men that you will have access to will significantly shrink because now instead of a man just considering you and starting a fresh family with you, he's going to have to worry about how he can take care of you plus one. And there are a lot of men who don't desire that. You know, if you want to open, if you are the kind of woman that you, um, your dating pool is open, and you don't mind crossing cultures and colors to to date and and and, um, and you know mate and relate, <laughs> then you're going to not be able to marry into certain cultures because there are certain cultures on the planet that are very, very strict regarding uh, out-of-wedlock births. And that's something that needs to be uh, considered for sure. And it is considerably difficult to be a young mother uh, that is not married. In, In my case, we had briefly talked about marriage my daughter's father and i and we you know we decided well not really we decided but his parents were just like no that's not gonna work and that's not what we want for our son and so that that was short lived that idea of us getting married um, i remember my mother going up to my obgyn And chewing her out and telling her off and tearing her to shreds because she was like, how dare you give my daughter birth control when, without my consent. And we were recently talking about this. My mother and I, we were talking about that, that, that incident. And I told her, I was like, in all honesty, mom. You should not have done that because that was your responsibility to teach me about birth control and you did not do that. And, and obviously as an older adult woman now, I can look back and realize that my mom was doing the best that she, she could with where she was at in life. But in that regard, you failed me because you did not empower me with any knowledge. I couldn't come talk to you because you made it very clear that that subject was that was you know you it's just the bible but the bible says that's it we don't need to talk about anything else so the door of communication was closed I didn't have any other women in my life that I had enough of a rapport with to to talk to regarding my decision to become sexually active so I was solely making this decision by myself I tried to be responsible and for you to go to the you know to the Cleveland Clinic and cuss the doctor out because she gave me birth control and now I'm pregnant you know it's really um I don't know the expression I'm looking for but it's a little bit backwards in in my in, in my opinion when I look back on that and um And so when I, you know, as I have gotten older and I have my daughter, I had to think to myself, how am I going to address this issue with her? Because me having a child so young impacted so much of my life. Having to literally grow up, go through your selfish phase, because all of us are naturally selfish when you're in your, you know, your 20s. And I actually meet women who are in their 20s and 30s who don't have children, and they don't see it, but I can, I can see the level of selfishness that they have. I'm like, oh, my God, they are so self-absorbed and selfish because they don't have kids. When yeah. you have children or you have a husband, there's a certain level of selflessness that you, you have because your life is not about you.
1: Yes. And but you having to, because your your yeah. 20s is supposed to be about self-discovery. It should be about you yeah. figuring out who you are. So that is that time to say, what do I want? Where do I want to go? Yeah. What are my goals in life? What do what do I want for myself? What kind of lifestyle do I want? Do I want to go to a college? Do I want to get a trade? What 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 who am I? And that's what right. you're supposed to do, right? <laughs>
0: Right, but having to go through that while also having to make decisions for another human being is yes. difficult, and yes. I think that's yes. something that that is not really spoken about regarding single motherhood, especially single motherhood at a young age, and so how can we make a shift create a shift where we can create an environment where our daughter is so comfortable to come to us and talk about sex before i know for me i had to make the decision to accept that my Mm -hmm. daughter is an individual and a sexual being and although my daughter does have sex uh special life challenges that she lives with she still is a sexual being. Her okay. sexuality is very much in place. She asked me about uh, sex often. Yes. And the older she's gotten, the more the questions have come. And so I have had to kind of put those feelings aside. And I was like, number one, I don't want my daughter to think that sex is shameful. Yes. Yes. I, I don't want her to think that sex is shameful. That is like one of the worst mm-hmm. feelings in the world.
1: That is such a good point. And I think that the shame that's attached to sex is one of the main reasons why girls sneak off and do it. Because they, it comes to this, um, this oxymoron I of feeling. Like they're getting pulled into two completely different ways. The nature, the biological nature of them Is happening regardless to if you want it to or not, it is designed. This is nothing that we will ever have control of. And then on the other end, you have people that are telling you how bad it is to do, how important it is to wait for your husband, and all of these things that are creating shame around. And I'm not saying that waiting to get married. To have sex or you lose your virginity is a bad thing. It is the context and the way that the message is delivered that if you don't wait, then you're you're horrible. You're bad. You are you should go and hide. And just so much shame is put on it. There's such a shameful connotation is put on the act of sex during the years when they have the most sexual curiosity. Right. Instead of saying, hey, when you have these desires, when you have these feelings, these are natural. This is how you should feel when you're 13 and your hormones are, are developing. You're 14 and 15 and 16. This is exactly how you should feel. There is nothing wrong with you. However, (laughs) However. the fact that you feel them does not mean that you have to act on them. It is natural for you to feel, you know, it is natural for you to get horny. It is a natural event. But again, because you feel them, it's not something that you have to act on. And then if you ever do decide to act on it, understand the responsibility that is on your hands to protect not just against sexually transmitted diseases, but to protect your womb from getting pregnant and being with the child way before you're ready, without a husband, And without the maturity to even know how to take care of a child and and establish a family. Know that all all of that responsibility is on your lap every time that you have sex. Every time as a young lady, you open your legs and decide that you are going to allow a man to enter you, you're holding the responsibility of getting pregnant. So right. if you're going to do this, you absolutely must protect yourself. Every and and time. when
0: you said that, I can hear some people chiming in or saying, well, why does the woman have to always carry the responsibility of getting pregnant? Well, why can't the man do that? And in the idealistic world, that would be great. But we need to be realistic and understand that there are some men who have not been raised properly or that they just don't care. And since you as the woman are inviting someone into your body, you need to just understand that he may not care about getting you pregnant.
1: And not just that, the mindset that anything that happens to your body it's someone else's responsibility is irresponsible in itself
0: right
1: regardless to if we lived in a perfect world and all men were responsible and compassionate <laughs> even if we lived in that world it is 100% your responsibility 100% of the time That you understand that every time a man enters your body, you have the possibility to create another life. So if you are going to have sex, protect yourself every time. Because all that it takes is one sperm cell. Like you have to really give it to them like that. It takes one sperm cell. It doesn't take a whole orgasm. Right. You have to teach your daughter about pre-com. That a lot of right. there's a misconception that happens amongst teenagers where they give each other sex education. And it is all full of lies and misunderstandings. <laughs> <Right. laughs> and if you're not talking to your kids about sex, please believe that their friends are talking to them about it. And their friends, oh, yeah. older brothers and sisters that are in the house are talking to them about it. So they're getting this education from somewhere. It ha- so it's better to come from you. Teach them about pre precum pre still has sperm cells in it. Mm-hmm. So just because a boy doesn't come inside of you, that doesn't mean that you can't get pregnant. Right. It takes one sperm cell. Just And then explain to your daughter exactly how small that is. Like show her right. exactly <laughs> how tiny an <laughs> actual sperm cell is. So she can understand right. how easy it is and how fertile how fertile you are at a young age your body is at prime and right age to receive a sperm cell and create a baby she has to feel the responsibility more than anything more than your desire you have to feel that you are responsible and not only are you responsible for this child but Is this the boy that you want to share your life with 20 years from now? (laughs) Right. Because y'all stuck together now. Or is this just a sexual desire that you're having and you want to explore? You have to ask yourself all those kinds of questions and you have to empower your daughter to ask herself those questions. Because a lot of times, if you empower your daughter to ask all of the questions that are needed they'll they'll negate having sex in the first place because they'll be so concerned about the responsibility that lays on them i think that
0: what
1: no go ahead so in certain communities the burden of responsibility what i from what i see is often on the boy It's often on the man. Once the baby is created and the girl is a single mother and she's a young single mother, all of this responsibility is now placed on the boy. Now, I totally agree. Boys should be raised where if you lay with a woman, you got to know that it's your responsibility if a baby is created. That's not the conversation for me to have. That's for his father and the men to have with him. I'm specifically talking about us as mothers communicating with our daughters. After the baby is made and created, then all that responsibility can't be on the boy. You still have to take responsibility for your actions. You allow the man to come into you. So that means that is both of your responsibility and more than his it's yours because even when you're married you're going to be the main caretaker of the child
0: sure. if
1: you're married 80 percent will still fall on you you're going to be the diaper changer you're going to be the you know vomit wiper oh. upper you're going to be the one running around you're going to still be the main one are ready for that level of responsibility just constantly having these open conversations, and it doesn't have, okay, this is what I'm trying to get to. A way to not make it awkward for you or your daughter, don't bring it up in this clinical way where you guys are sitting down and being super serious. because this is what I find from being a mother of four. Having a conversation in a casual way, almost in a Passing or while you're doing other things, gets your point across to your children much deeper than sitting down and talking to them face to face. There mm-hmm. is something about children that puts them kind of on a closed in mode when you sit them down and talk to them in a serious way. And they have, hear like half of what you said. <laughs> right right. versus like just being in the kitchen you could be cooking something and you just bring it up like slide it in the conversation and just kind of start talking about it and usually that communication process will go a lot easier you'll discover a lot more drive into the store taking them to their practices and just y'all are rolling and you talking to them in the same tone own, you're not changing this you're not going to this judgy place right and you're just kind of casually bringing it up on a regular basis t- so that they can get used to that this is something that is going to happen in you all's life and you all's family y'all are going to start openly talking about sex in the beginning it is going to be uncomfortable for for them but eventually she's going to start talking back and you're going to really get to hear what your daughter feels and thinks about it because she is thinking about it
0: I know yeah. it for for myself and my daughter I've always tried to have age appropriate conversations with her so whenever yeah. she would ask a question then I would answer age-appropriate. And so some questions started as early as maybe, like, I want to say maybe five years old, where she would ask, maybe, she, I think, maybe she saw a picture or something. she like, was like, well, why do boys have long vaginas? I think we were looking at an encyclopedia or something. She's like, why do boys have long vaginas? Yeah. And that just tickled me to death. <laughs> and so I had explained to her the, the, the differences in the anatomy. And it yeah. kind of started from that place. And it just grew from there. But I always let her know, like, whenever you want to know something, ask me. And one of the things that I always say to my daughter is that I am your mother, I will show you the way and i think that it's important as mothers that we realize that that it is our responsibility to give our children the tools that they need to be successful not only in their individual lives but also to be successful in their relationships and in their families to create family excellence and um aside from me teaching her that sexual emotions are normal and that the feelings are good i always try to talk positively about sex that sex feels good that sex is is nice and it's pleasant and enjoyable but i also let her know about things um such as how emotions like because you're having sex that there's an energy exchange so we have had conversations about sexual energy and the transference of, of sexual energy and how once you start having sex with the person that that creates emotional ties to that person. And that person may not necessarily be the person you want to be emotionally tied to. It, it, it may, it may also be that person, but you have to make some judgment calls about who that person is prior to to sexual intercourse so that you can make an educated decision whether or not you want to transfer sexual energy with that person. We've also yeah. talked about um, courtship and how that will look for her at a young age. I know some parents are comfortable just letting their kids kind of run off. I would definitely take a more hands-on approach I think being too strict creates a lot of unnecessary tension and I think that's when a lot of the sneaking starts so for me it's always been a matter of okay well when you start dating it will be more like a chaperoned type of of scenario and we would really have to get to know that gentleman's uh you know family and, and and ask those important questions and not just leave things to just run wild and run free. Uh, We've also discussed masturbation as of recently, uh, because my daughter has, she came to me and she said, mom, I feel sexually frustrated. And I, I want everybody to understand who's listening to that, that my daughter is 22 years old, but again, she has special life challenges. So she uh, has cerebral palsy, and she's autistic, but she is 22 years old. I think developmentally, maturity-wise, I'm going to, pro- on some levels, she's probably around 14 or 15, but when she came to me and she said that she felt sexually frustrated, I, I told her, I said, you know what, my I need to sit with that for a moment. I, I I thank you for sharing your feelings with me. I understand sexual frustration very well <laughs> as I have been um, celibate since I got divorced. So I understand what that feels like. And I didn't want to ignore that in her. But teaching her, okay, what can we do about that? Um, yes. Obviously, I'm not going to push my daughter to have sexual intercourse with somebody just because she's feeling horny. And um, it's kind of funny. I actually had two people suggest that I allow her to start having sex because that's her right to have sex as a young woman. And I'm like, well, sex comes with a lot of responsibilities. So, but I, I was just really perplexed when those people said that to me. I was like, okay. Um, and so we started talking about recently masturbation. And so I'm introducing that subject to her. Okay. She already kind of knew about it.
1: You I'm know, sure. like I said, <laughs> with the internet.
0: And, yeah. and not we just that, I mean talking.
1: exploring your body. When you get right. to exploring years. your body. Start exploring your body. Yeah.
0: So we actually started talking about the anatomy of a female orgasm. That's where we okay. started talking about this week. So we talked about the, cl- the clitoris. We talked about the G spot.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, we, of course, we talked about sexual energy as a vibration when you have an orgasm, whether that's a, a self-induced orgasm or if you are with um, your man and you have an orgasm. And I, I'm going to, and I reached out to one of my, uh, one of my colleagues in our feminine arts educator world, and um, and I said, hey, can, because she deals more with sex, sex sexuality. So I, I reached out to her like, hey, listen, this conversation feels really uncomfortable for me to teach my daughter to masturbate, but I feel like she needs to experience that because that will be better, um, better than me just trying to make her shove these emotions in this closet forever. I felt like that's not appropriate and that's not healthy for her to do that. Um, And then I had to tell her, you know, we've been talking a little bit about appropriateness, but my colleague and friend suggested getting her a small vibrator. And I won't lie, that felt uncomfortable for me. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to keep my daughter, honey, use a vibrator. Oh my God. I can't believe this. But I feel like in doing that though, I would prefer to be the one to teach her how to do that versus and teach her um, the tools of sacred masturbation versus her getting it from somewhere else. And she and I even discussed pornography usage. And I told her that's something that I prefer her not really getting into because pornography can provide so many negative sexual images towards women. And I don't want her, I don't want her mind to become polluted with those negative sexual images because most porn is geared around male fantasy.
1: Yes, it is. (laughs) And <laughs> it's rarely yeah, geared it around women fantasies and you know it because if you've ever watched it you're like yeah that is not exactly what I would want to have happen
0: <laughs> right that looks like that she hurts really bad and she doesn't look like she's having a good time at all.
1: <laughs> right. but
0: but you know I, I think that all the ways that we can empower our daughters sexuality and letting them know that their bodies are beautiful and you know about the erogenous zones and she and i've been even talking about the goddesses um uh, because she you know i do unlearning with my daughter so i let her choose her curriculum so she started studying um the greek goddesses and uh, she was talking about aphrodite So I also encouraged her to also look at some of the other traditions, like the African traditions, uh, goddesses of, of, um, of love. And so we started talking about Oshun and that, and that energy and and the different, the different, um, how there are different goddesses that represent sexuality in every culture and kind of looking at, as female sexuality as this very beautiful and powerful thing because the female sexuality is so powerful
1: yes it's the creation it is creation of life like it is the creation of every new and next thing so right. that's why it's so important to not have a negative connotation on it not to have any shame around it not to ever, ever feel like you're doing something wrong because you have a sexual desire. The only time you're doing something wrong when you're having a sexual, when you have sexual desires is when you are being irresponsible. That's when it turns wrong. The irresponsibility, and usually the irresponsibility comes from the lack of knowledge given to you by your elder mothers by your own personal mother and by women within your immediate community, not educating you properly on not just the responsibilities (laughs) of sex, but also educating you on the positive things that they have learned over the years. There isn't even a positive education about men. So when a woman is hurt, when she's bitter, when she's angry, when she's been frustrated, when she's been left, when she's been abandoned, and all these other negative things that she's connected with manhood, usually she passes that down to her daughter. And this directly connects to your daughter's sexual partner choices. It directly connects to that because if you're constantly delivering a message to your daughter that every experience that you've ever had, the majority of it has been negative and not actually explained to her that you just were not educated yourself. You were not wise enough. You were naive. A lot of these things were actually your poor decision making your personal lack of responsibility because you were young and you didn't know right. So you allowed yourself to be taken advantage of you allowed so many things simply because you didn't know so if you don't if you're not honest with your daughter she will grow up believing that there is really not a big reason to be super choicey because all men are the same.
0: Right, right, right. And, and that I think that's a very important point mm-hmm. that you brought up. And, and I know we have said a lot in this conversation. And one thing that I want to kind of circle back and say is that um, by no means are we saying that you should give your permission for your teen daughter to have sex like I would not do that but just be aware that there's a possibility that that can happen and what I have found is that when I speak to women who have waited at least until they have been of age meaning at least uh, I want to say 19 or in their 20s before they have had sex Their parents have always been extremely open about uh, sexual intercourse, about birth control, about condom usage, every single last one of them. And I have conducted a research for quite a long time regarding that because I think because I felt like a failure in that area because it was always my desire to wait until I was married to have sex. And I always felt extremely horrible about myself because I was not able to keep that, that promise to myself. And so, um, so I started asking women who, you know, how old were you when you started having sex? And, and what did your parents talk to you in regards to sex? And I can say 100% of the time, the ones who were able to wait at least, until they were in their 20s were the ones who had an extremely open relationship with with their parents regarding conversations uh, surrounding sex
1: sexual partners absolutely Absolutely. and i have have one friend every every single (laughs) one of my friends that grew up in either super strict households or super religious households. All secretly lost their virginity very, very early, and many of them either winded up pregnant early or repetitively chose to be with dusties.
0: (laughs) And for those of you all that don't know what dusties are, those are just those are just no good men.
1: <laughs> yeah. They repetitively got on the cycle of being with Dusty's because of the naivety. The naivety of their parents not bestowing any wisdom on them. The only thing that they were, they were just feeling like they were protecting them from the outside world without giving them any wisdom to what to expect, how to choose. They just told them, no, don't do it. Every last one of those women, like I said, were either just, they were promiscuous, secretly, very sexually promiscuous, winded up with dusties, one right back, or they, won, they were <laughs> pregnant very early. And I'm like, wow. And the fun thing is, even though my mother <clears throat> didn't have like, she had these really awkward clinical type of talks with me. I was given a lot of freedom as a child. And because I was given a lot of freedom, I didn't want to do anything. Like, I could just kind of go anywhere and do what I wanted to an extent. I'm not going to say that they were careless with me, but they trusted me because they knew how I thought. Although sexuality was not a conversation on the table, every other conversation was on the table so my parents understood exactly how I thought so they trusted me to kind of just navigate things for myself which made me not want to go anywhere and do anything because I didn't feel like I was had to sneak I'm like oh yeah I'm good I don't want to go but all of my (laughs) friends that grew up in super strict houses they're like girl let's go to the party and I'm like I don't want to go to no party I'm gonna sit at home and watch tv you never want to go anywhere because it's not fun if you don't have to sneak and do it like, they took <laughs> fun out of it. like I don't have to sneak out to the window or anything I could just be like mom going around the corner to a party for a couple of hours and she'll be like okay baby have fun be safe make sure you pay attention like okay <laughs> yeah I
0: grew up in my, my mother was very strict I mean she. Yeah. She didn't even allow me to give out my phone number, our phone number, to the house until I was 16. I think I was 15 or 16. I was not allowed to give out our phone number to anybody. I was not allowed to socialize outside of school with anybody. I had to literally beg my mother, like, mom, like, do you understand that I socialize with my friends at school every day more than I socialize with the kids at church and you know I can't have any social interaction with them and it, it caused uh, my mom finally did break down and she um, she met three of my friends whom she allowed me to socialize with like they could come over to my house I could walk um down to their house, and you know, and things like that. But it, it was <clears throat> a really tight, it, it was very tight. Like, my mom, when it came to dating, my mom did not empower me at all. She was very strict. <clears throat> having a boyfriend was a no go. But at the same time that she was saying, No, I couldn't have a, a boyfriend, she would never give me any sort of parameters in which I could date and in which yeah. it would be okay for me to date. And even into my twenties, when I started dating men, she discouraged it. She's just like, I don't, I don't feel like meeting this guy. Like, why do I need to meet this? I, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to be involved in anybody in my life. My mom was very reclusive and she still is to yeah. a certain extent. She doesn't like dealing with a lot of people. So in my 20s, she was just like, I, I don't want to be involved in your dating life. I, 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 why are you dating? Like, I, can't you just give it a rest? So can't you just give it a rest? <laughs> so for me, I was just like in this place where I'm like, what kind of, what kind of world am I living in where my mom doesn't want me to, well, doesn't want me to date, doesn't want me to have sex? not get not i can't talk to her about anything i have no tools and so you know yeah here i am however many years later with all of this experience and i think that's one reason why i feel so passionately about sharing this information and what i have learned on a very very difficult road so that i hope that anyone who's listening I can save you save your daughter your niece nieces granddaughters from a life of pain because it was a very painful experience and time trying to figure all these things out and you know I think that like I said having that open line of conversation not being very strict giving your daughters the knowledge of birth control options i would prefer honestly i would prefer for my daughter to come to me and say mom you know i am seriously considering having sex and i would like to at least be on birth control right i would still have a conversation and discourage her from having sex but I would prefer that conversation than the conversation of I'm pregnant. Like you said earlier, because I had to have that conversation with my mother and it's a very difficult one to have. Yes, It's a very yes. difficult one to have. And then having the, the, the conversation of whether or not you're going to terminate the pregnancy or keep the pregnancy. Oh and, my you know, God. every
1: it has to be, that 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 within yourself, that personal battle, that you must have had to go through, is tormenting. I mean, at a young age like that, too. Like that—that's heavy.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was a lot, and I, I even had my daughter's uh, my my daughter's father's parents call me up and cuss me out. And they said that they would make sure that their son never paid a dime in child support. Oh, wow. Because I was a conniving little whore.
1: So they were just as naive as your mother then? I'm going to assume
0: so, but in a different kind of way.
1: Yeah, I mean, because the parents of boys (laughs) are just as naive as the parents of girls. It's just that today the topic is about our daughters, but I see right. mothers of sons that are just as naive about their son's sexual desires and sexual mm-hmm. promiscuity as they are about the girls. And, and the thing is with boys and mothers, that gap is even further widened because because boys don't want to talk about anything sexual with their mother at all and so that puts the burden on the father and if you have the type of father because all men are not the same and and in many respects a lot of men are very quiet in the household. (laughs) Anybody who you know you grow up with your your father you know that dad doesn't talk a lot unless you just happen to have one of those super community type of fathers, which most men are not. They're kind of quiet. They get off work. They're tired. They don't say much. You see them eat, do their little hobby or watch TV. And then they start the next day back over the same way. So even between father and sons, unless the father intentionally has specific goals for his son to live out those conversations don't even always happen between father and son and when they do the conversations are a lot of times kind of immature (laughs) right (laughs) they're kind of immature in nature where they're like yeah son get them you know what I mean like you know it's kind of like this boys club type of conversation more than it is the burden of responsibility that he has for whipping that thing out and you know having sex with a girl right. so the the trying to figure out if your son has had healthy conversations about his sexuality with his father or the men in his life sometimes can even become more challenging than it is with your daughters because at least you know the conversations have happened between you and her but with your son right. that's a whole nother world apart you are because when I bring up anything mm-hmm. anything to one of my three sons they're like
0: yeah <laughs> like,
1: they're like mom <laughs> oh what are you talking about and they run they leave the room and they shut the door and they get away from me as fast as possible so now I have to worry about if their dad is having healthy conversations with them about that and that worries me Right. I know he's having conversations about being responsible because he's responsible in that way and he probably and, and when I say conversations like maybe twice over the course of them growing up is what I mean because you know men just don't they're not they don't communicate the same way we do so he's not like son you know let's talk about (laughs) let's talk about (laughs) sex and women no it's just more like you did anything yet (laughs) no okay (laughs) when you do make sure you wrap it up all right and like that's right. how they communicate <laughs> right and, and to
0: be honest so i'm just, just gonna say bringing this up i think that there does need to be conversation i don't know if that will ever happen in man world but it would be nice if yeah. there were conversations about um the importance of sexual energy and transference and responsibility okay. uh and in a greater way. I do see that there are people like Derek, I think his name was Derek Jackson. I think he's like a, yeah. bi- a popular YouTuber. I see him and some other men that um, have taken a, a platform or created a platform yeah. to talk to men about things like that. And I think that's very, very positive. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, but i think as women considering how powerful we are and how powerful our sexuality and our womb space is um that we definitely need to to pass that knowledge on to our daughters to understand the significance of that to understand the significance of things like microchimerism and how a man genetic information can be genetically stored uh, not genetically but permanently stored in the body through sexual intercourse through the sperm mm. and that um and that can be for life and that uh, gen- healing genetic trauma is mm. through uh you know that that's through the study of epigenetics but they have found that um, we can carry up to, I think, 14 year, 14 generations of past genetic memories in our genes. Yeah. And so uh, teaching our daughter that they have to do a great deal of self-love work to make sure that they can heal the damaged genetics. because. We all experience some of that in our womb space when we are in our mother's womb and we're developing. And some of that energy and those genes can be transferred to us. But teaching our daughters that it is your responsibility to make sure that you connect with a man who is not perfect, but that you understand who he is and what he stands for as a man so that when you do get pregnant, that you are passing forward a lineage that is positive because there are some men I tell my daughter straight up there are some men who do not deserve to have their genetics cast forward. And Absolutely so if we not. can have <laughs> yes and if we can have these conversations with our daughters, you know, like mm-hmm. be responsible enough to understand that you are the one, you are the gatekeeper of whose genetics get to get get to be passed forward or not. You get yes. to say, you get the final say on, you know what, yes, I will carry your child. If you are responsible enough to to understand your power as a woman, I get to decide if your genes are cast forward or if your bloodline stops with you.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So I I think all of those things are important. Having the conversations about self-esteem, self-love, womb space, sexual energy, um, uh, masturbation as a practice, um, and just having the door open, an open-door policy when it comes to conversations on, on sex. Because as we have said, that if you as a mother are not taking your place teach your daughters about this extremely important subject she's gonna have sex whether you discuss it or not
1: yeah you will be and it is the one place that it seems that all women begin to turn stupid right so you definitely want to keep this line of communication open because once you start having sex and those endorphins and those that that emotion begins that is the place where women's stupidity begins right and i don't mean that you're stupid for having sex but i mean that once you start having sex for with a man these rose colored glasses instantly get put on because, right. because before sex women are very logical and practical before sex happens you're yeah. looking at him you're analyzing the heck out of him you're looking at everything right. everything. everything say how he chew was full everything is right <laughs> oh is this a red flag oh is that a red flag oh did he did this or so he said that the moment you start having sex everything right everything he does just fine it's just yes. fine. I can overlook that. I can
0: overlook
1: <laughs> I, that. That's <laughs> fine. So if you don't have yeah. these conversations with your daughter about sex, like you you said, and keep this open lines of communication, you're also putting her in harm's way of becoming stupid once she starts having sex. She's, she, she is now not thinking about the important things because the important things have not been ingrained in her through your communication. See, if you ingrain yeah. in her all of these important things to consider and to think about, even once she starts to have sex, even once she starts to have sex and is protecting herself properly, she still is considering, like what you said, do I want to help this man carry on his lineage and his generation through my right. woman? Is this the energy that I want to keep taking in? She'll she'll be right. thinking about what you said and not just turn into some stupid silly putty because now she's got all these fuzzy emotions going on.
0: Right, and, and, and I want to kind of shift the conversation a little bit because I know we've been talking about a lot of things as as far as that are serious in nature, as far as a uh, woman's sexual choice, but I also want to talk about. Uh, our responsibility as mothers to teach that sex should be pleasurable and that exactly. sex should be fun and different sexual positions i know in uh, tribal um, in tribal uh, societies that this type of information is passed on but I think for a lot of, a lot of times we we kind of figure like okay well they'll figure it out some some kind of way but I think it's even our responsibility as mothers to teach certain sexual positions, teach about oral sex, teach about the different um, ways that can, uh, orgasm can be achieved and how to enjoy sex as much as possible, because that's not something that we talk about. And the female orgasm is something that is still very much a mystery or um on certain levels. And uh, I think, I don't know the exact percentages, but I know that um, yesterday my daughter and I were reading that women experience orgasms at a lower percentage than men experience orgasms. And so one of the things that I want to empower my daughter with is the, the, the give herself permission to enjoy her sexuality. And understand that it's fun and, and be in the moment and that it's juicy and to use your body because your body using your body to to show love and appreciation for another person is a very beautiful thing yes yeah it, it is so um, for that it takes a lot of I think a certain level of comfortability with your own sexuality as a woman. Mm -hmm. Asking yourself, how in tune are you with your own body? Um, Do you enjoy sex? Because if you're not enjoying sex, well then how are you gonna teach somebody else to enjoy sex? You know, and eventually I do want to, uh, you know, maybe show the, the Kama Sutra, and the different sexual positions, and things like that, um, when the time is, is right, but I think that's one thing that we can share with our daughters, and I think when you have that le- level of transparency with your daughter, it will create a deeper
1: mm-hmm.
0: Very relationship, much so.
1: Very much so. I noticed that when I get a, when my daughter and I are around other mother-daughter combinations, (laughs) our bond is a lot different because nothing is off the table. Just simply for, for that fact that nothing is off the table. She can elbow me in the middle of a conversation and literally bring up anything and there is a comfort of nothing that you say to me I will ever make you feel bad about I'm not going to shame so just her feeling that comfort that she can talk to me about anything it takes this edge off of her where she has to project a mask. Or she has right. to pretend to be this certain woman for me as her mother to impress me. She can just relax and be herself and say how she really feels. I love that because I get to catch a lot of the BS. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, oh, hold on. We don't do that, or no. I'm going to tell you why this is going to lead the wrong way versus her trying to put on this facade. Because she thinks this who I want her to be. And then she's thinking crazy on the back end. I don't find out until the mistakes happen. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I, I, I completely, like, just open, talk to your daughter. She's a woman. I don't know why we don't want to see our daughters as women, but they're women. Teach them about yeah. themselves, yeah. about their bodies, about their feelings, about everything that you would have wanted to know what did you want to know what were you asking yourself about sex beyond just the actual act of it just all of the other things that are connected of how to do how how and even I mean this comes with age like certain things you can't talk to a 13 or 14 year old about it's just irrelevant to their mind and this open conversation is something that grows with your daughter over the years so now my daughter is 23 she just turned 23 and so now our conversations have evolved to talking about like the other things about sex because clearly you've been having sex for a few years now now we can get down to like some of the nitty-gritty stuff about things that you want to know that I don't want you to go find out in the wrong place because you're still young and impressionable so you can still go to the wrong path to find this out. You know, like when you get married, how to make sure that your husband keeps his stamina up. This is important. You're going to want to know this. Trust me. (laughs) Trust me that if your husband ages, Everything is not going to work the same anymore. And I need you to come to me so I can tell you what to sneak in this food and stuff. So you don't have right. to to keep that vitality going.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. It's all about age-appropriate conversations yes, and well yes. and allowing these conversations to evolve naturally mm-hmm. as your daughter develops. So that is exactly. a critical piece. A critical piece. We're gonna go ahead and close this conversation. I, I just, I'm so happy we had this conversation.
1: Yes, absolutely, I am too. I just, I feel like it, it's needed, it's a, you know, t- sex is such a taboo subject amongst every community and it's just something that we we need to feel more comfortable discussing even if we just start discussing it in small private groups amongst ourselves before we all can feel comfortable with going public but at least just start the conversations Mm
0: -hmm. yes and you know i want to add this i know being here in europe has been quite eye-opening because europeans are not as religious um, they're very traditional in many aspects of life, but um, the the level of religion mm-hmm. that we see in the states versus here is, is definitely different. And so Europeans have a different approach to sexuality and even nudity. Like it's not um, you know in many places they have uh, bathhouses where it's coed, but it's coed nudity, yeah. and it's normal, and having and people aren't expected to wait until they're married to have sex, and some will even look at you very strangely if you even bring up um, the fact that you want to wait until you're married or have a certain level of of a committed relationship before having sex. And while I'm I'm not making a judgment call on it either way, I'm just saying that there is definitely a different mindset here when it comes to sex and enjoying sexuality. And I think that there are certain things that we can pick out of every culture to, you know, maybe not take the whole the whole platter, but maybe take like a little piece, like, you know what, well, I can maybe see where I can maybe shift my mindset a little bit and enjoy sexuality and be a little bit open to, um, open to, you know, being open to the conversations about sexuality and, and, and exploring my sexuality deeper. So, uh, I appreciate that, that um, this cultural, I guess, interaction that I'm having here while living in Rome, and um, and like I said, I think it's very important for us to uh, just shift this, shift the the conversations with our daughters, increase more intimacy with our daughters, to empower our daughters to make some wise choices because, you know, in certain communities. Not having these discussions has really horrible consequences. Out of wedlock birth rates, poverty rates that are related to people being single mothers. And Mm. if you knew that to possibly save your daughter from a life of poverty, if you knew that you could save your daughter from a life of heartache, of being bitter, of having certain diseases, of of having all sorts of energetic and spiritual issues because she's promiscuous, or um, having, being able to have access to the best marriage partners, the best opportunities in life. Why would you not do that? Why would you? Why would you not do that? You know. So I'm going to close. Um, Fati, can you please let people know how to contact you if they would like to contact you at all um, after this conversation?
1: Sure. Um, I am always available via email. So I'll spell my email out. It's uh, Fatima Farasha, F-A-T-I-M-A. Farasha is F-A-R-A-S-H-A at gmail.com email me anytime any inquiry any question let's talk about it
0: (laughs) yes and again i want you guys to make sure to share this podcast with with a woman that you know can benefit and I know so many women who can benefit from hearing this conversation make sure to subscribe to the podcast the podcast is available on a number of platforms I also would like for you to make sure to follow um, us on Facebook loving you lifestyle and I'm on Facebook I'm on Instagram so be sure to reach out to either of us and that, um, if you have any questions regarding this podcast. But I, again, I want to thank you so much for your time. Thank you for everybody that is listening. And you all take care and stay blissfully feminine. Bye. Bye. Bye.